1: What is up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Grinders Live, NBA Playoff Edition. Yes, it's that wonderful time of the year that is normally at a different point in the year, but with the Rona ruined all that, so now it's right now. NBA playoffs are starting up. We got a wonderful four-game slate in our hand, and life is good. I'm joined here by my buddy, Chief Justice 06. How are you
2: doing over there, Will? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, I've been waiting for this moment since the bubble got started. Uh, You know, I I enjoyed the bubble games, uh, you know, but now it's playoff time, baby, and uh, rotations should be more predictable. Minutes should be stable. Uh, You know, I'm not expecting, you know, something weird to happen where a guy comes off the bench and plays 30 minutes out of nowhere and just destroys the slate that we don't anticipate. So this is exciting. Um, I think if your process has been solid all year, um, th- This is the time to really, you know, hop back up and, and and make a little bit more money all the way through the end of the season. So definitely ready to get it kicked off. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. And people are asking, Chad, about the FanDuel site. Not really sure about that right now. I have not created any lineups yet. I'm creating them all after this show. But I did hear that it is down right now. There has some technical issues, but We're still going to go over the FanDuel slate regardless, and we're going over the DraftKings slate. We're going to go game by game here, but before we get to that little sports betting stuff, guys, if you haven't already signed up for SharpSide, sign up for it. It's literally free. You sign up, you swipe left, you swipe right, on test your sports betting knowledge over there, and they have a fun little street contest here. You get five in a row, you start making money. You make more money for every correct pick that you have after that. I am currently at three so I'm closing in real closely on that five streak I went with Mavericks plus six tonight well you got a pretty good one that I just threw some money on before the show because you know what I trust you and you're a smart guy what was your lock bet of the day well
2: I mean listen might as well get get this thing kicked off right because that's the first game of the slate I'm taking Michael Porter Jr. over 17 and a half real points Uh, I just think you know with his new comfort level in the offense his new role in the offense uh, I see him playing around 35 36 minutes today uh, you know I checked some some court IQ numbers on it looks like Jokic Murray and and uh, and Porter Jr. Are pretty much running the show uh, you know Porter Jr. is averaging 1.20 fantasy points per minute I just don't see how he does not pass 17 and a half real points in this game uh, so I took the overall on my lot bet. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm hoping to ride this out to a streak of two. Feeling pretty confident that Michael Porter Jr. is going to score more than 17 and a half points today. I would feel pretty confident too. And I do.
1: Hence why I threw some money on it. We look at his game log right here. And I don't know where the points are at, but he gets a, he gets a lot of them. And he's going to get a lot of minutes. I so mean, he's only at 24 minutes each of the last two games. So I don't expect that to continue. Outside of that, he's putting up 18, 19 shots per game in like, On 18, 19 shots per game, you're generally getting over 17.5 points if you're at all competent of a basketball player. So I really like that bet, hence why I threw some money on it. But you want to give me a little overview of this slate or you just want to dive right in?
2: Uh, I mean, I think, you know, with this particular slate, you know, it's four games. Uh, In my opinion, I take massive stands on small slates, which is why I've been – hitting the lock button a lot more frequently. You know, if you're dabbling on a DK in that two-day slate, you know, maybe you get a little bit more creative. On a four-game slate, uh, I think you take some stands, and uh, I think that's the way to approach it. I've got a massive stand I'm taking that, you know, some will understand, may not agree with, but it's one of the stands that I'm going to take for a game later in the evening. Uh, But this first game, I've, I've got a lot invested into it.
1: I think I know what you are going to take later in the evening, and I think that I agree with it. But let's get started with the Utah-Denver game here. Let's start on the Utah side. only With a 105.25 total here, or implied team total here. They're a four-point dog. Clarkson with Conley out. Are you lock-buttoning him? Obviously, projected for around 53%. He's 3.8K. He's going to get 30-plus minutes here. Loves the EW usage probably going to need him a decent amount here and i don't really see too many ways they end up failing at 3.8 k we don't have a ton of options in the low price range that could really outscore him it's only a four game slate it's the playoffs rotations are tighter like are you locking in clarkson or are you going to go with the field under the field what are you doing
2: Uh well i'm not hitting a lock button on clarkson today um at least not on Fanduel. let me say that uh not, not hitting the lock button Uh, And as it stands right now, in terms of my build, I'm slightly under the field on Clarkson. However, uh, as a result, and this is kind of something I talk about in terms of, you know, my approach and the game strategy, I am locking in Donovan Mitchell on FanDuel. So, you know, when when I lock button a guy at the same position, uh, I'm just not going to be able to match the field unless I'm really, I really have a condensed pool. I do have a condensed pool, but shooting guard was somewhat loaded for me today. So I'm willing to be under the field on on Jordan Clarkson to be way over the field on uh, on Donovan Mitchell um, and at the at the moment let me look I want to see what these projections are on the ownership kind of while we're while we're talking through it uh, last time I checked you know he was around 25 percent we've still got Donovan Mitchell projected around 25 percent so if, if if these numbers were completely accurate I'd be 75 percent over the field on Mitchell and then, you know, I think I'll be around 10% under the field on Clarkson. I just feel like, you know, Clarkson is, a, is an exceptional play, but no one's talking about Donovan Mitchell, who, who I feel like will have the ball in his hands. Uh, so I, I like Donovan Mitchell a lot in this spot. I, I have a ton of Joe Engles, Uh, you know, and, and so these are kind of the guys I'm, I'm looking at. Obviously, I'll have Clarkson. No, no question about it, but but Donovan Mitchell is my lock button on FanDuel. at at 7,300. It's just he's too cheap for this spot. I,
1: I like that. I mean, obviously, like, we do – it is NBA playoffs, and so teams tend to do a little bit more what they're used to. But guys can get hot. Guys can get cold. Guys can get in foul trouble. Any number of things can happen. Well, Clarkson's a guy that can go in there and eat up a bunch of usage and can absolutely get things done. We're expecting him to go over 30 minutes here. But, yeah, Utah, at certain points in the season, we saw them running point with Ingles here, and he was just crushing it point Mitchell has been a thing like they can do any number of different things yes they don't have a whole lot of depth there that you really like like it's Gobert it's Mitchell and then it's those other guys and so Royce O'Neill, Ingles Clarkson any Mitchell any one of them can get run at the point here in this game and anyone can do anything so while his price tag is way too cheap over on DK at 3.8k and I think it's probably worth just lockbutting him uh, over on Fanduel, I completely agree with you. Like going with Mitchell, that's basically has a negative correlation with Clarkson, considering Mitchell may end up playing the point, which will be a, give him a much higher ceiling, much more points per dollar, and it'll take away from Clarkson's minutes. Plus, Ingles can be in there, so I like that idea. Getting Ingles at lower ownership, Mitchell at much lower ownership, and just kind of playing Clarkson over on DK where. There's not as much positional scarcity because multi position eligibility, and there's not as much of a price savings over on FanDuel as there is on DK. So I'm right there with you. I like that. What about anyone else in this game? Gobert sitting there at 7.6 K on FanDuel and 7.7 K over on DK, coming in at low ownership. Understandable. Denver, not the easiest matchup in the world. And is not really a guy that's shown a huge amount of upside. Four games slate. Are you using much Gobert?
2: Uh, I'm going to be over the field on Gobert. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm only using three centers today on FanDuel. I uh, thought I was going to have four. Uh, I'm taking a stand. Uh, and I'm just kind of going to rank my Utah guys. So, and, and this this is FanDuel for me, but uh, well over the field on Mitchell, obviously hitting the lock button. Uh, my next favorite play is gonna, actually going to be Joe Ingles at small forward. After that, it's Clarkson. Then it's O'Neill. Then it's Gobert. Those are my Utah Jazz rankings. And let me make sure, because I don't want to lie to you guys, my ownership projections, not projections, but my ownership and my build definitely uh, reflects that. Uh, I'm going to be well over the field on Royce O'Neal today. I mean, triple the field. So I'm pretty much at about 33 percent of my build on O'Neal today. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's kind of how the slate's broken out.
1: All right. Well, you ready to move on to the Denver side of things?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh favorite play from Denver for me is going to be my boy MPJ and not just because of the not just because of the bet. I mean, I feel like he's too cheap all the way around. You know, I kind of talked about some numbers here, but you know, if you look at it, I think he's got about a 25% usage rate. I know he's averaging 1.20 fantasy points per minute. He's going to be playing roughly 34 to 36 minutes in this spot. Uh, I think this is a this is a chance for him to really you know, ramp up first game of the playoffs. I think he can get forty fantasy points with ease. Uh, so he's definitely going to be uh, one of my favorite players in the game. Ironically, though, my second favorite player in this game, in terms of in terms of Denver, Jamal Murray is just too cheap across both sides. Uh, no reason for him to be sixty one hundred in this spot uh, on FanDuel. I think he's sixty two or sixty three, maybe sixty five. Let me let me check DK. I don't want to. I want to give it to you straight. Yeah, he's sixty five hundred on DK. I still think that's a little bit too cheap. Uh, so, you know, he, he's pretty much a lock button for me, and I, that's something I kind of talked about. But Jamal Murray lock button for me all day long. Uh, it's just it's just a matchup uh, and, and what I know he can do if, if he gets hot, especially with Barton and uh, Gary Harris continuing to not be in. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to play a whole lot of P.J. Dozier. I don't think they're going to play a whole lot of Troy Daniels. They will still play Monty Morris, but Murray is the guy – you know, um, MPJ is the guy. Nikola Jokic is the guy. Those three guys soak up most of the production. Uh it's, it's just an easy plug and play for me on this slate, which is why I have so much exposure to this first game, which isn't my traditional pattern. I usually load up on some of the later games, but this game just screams fantasy goodness to me here.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, right there with you. MPJ obviously getting a ton of run. should get a ton of run here and absolutely is going to eat up the usage. Like I said, without Barton and Harris, it's a very different team. And the nice thing is, like, ownership's going to be moderately suppressed because some people just are immediately, immediate game log watchers. Like, it's just a fact of life. It's what some people do. They just click on things, and you click on Michael Porter Jr. here. You go in there, and you see, oh, 24 minutes, 25 minutes, 23, 23 fantasy points. They're going to immediately cross them off the list. They know Jokic. They know what he does, but looking at Jamal Murray, they're going to open it up. They're going to look there. Oh, 10 and 25 minutes, only had 16 and 23 points and 27 points last three games. Obviously, they didn't have much to play for. There was no need to pay him a bunch of minutes, but you look back to before the bubble, and he was playing mid-30s, high-30s minutes. They're going to have a more condensed rotation, especially with that Gary Harris in there and Barton in there. They need a score. They need a guy that's going to come in there and eat up a lot of the usage. So you're right. It's MPJ. It's Joker and it's Murray. Like those three guys, and I really, really like MPJ and Murray a lot more than I do Joker. Those ownerships to me just don't make sense. Either one of those guys can end up with a 60 point game. They're drastically underpriced for what they actually offer here. What about any of the other ancillary pieces? We got Jeremy Grant in there. We got Craig in there. Like, are you going with any of these other Denver guys just to kind of like it? Give me a little bit of your play. We have plenty of time here. Give me a little bit of your playoffs strategy, like four game slates. Like we generally know what things are going to happen and there are certain things that coaches will do to target specific matchups in each different series. Like at the beginning of this series, is there anything that you're really thinking that either of the coaches are going to do to try and counteract like one of the strengths of the other teams? Like what's your general thought or do you, cause all these slates are going to be pretty much the same, like, until injuries happen or pricing changes, it's going to be the same games for each slate every two days during the first series, I believe.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 uh, let me clear something up too. I made a little mistake there. I thought I had Royce O'Neill at 33%. That was an old build as I was just starting out the day to kind of see how my, my bills were going. I actually have him at 20. So I'm double the field. So didn't want to lie to you guys on that, but, uh, you know, I do still have some Jeremy Grant, like I'm going to be well over the field on him as well. Uh, I feel like he's a he's a guy that's still going to get around 30 to 35 minutes. And I don't think he's going to get the ownership. So a lot of times on these playoff slates, you know, we think maybe we have to kind of go off the board and take a guy that, you know, we hope, you know, gets minutes. When oftentimes you just have to look at a team's roster and say, okay, I'm looking up and down this roster. This guy's going to play 30. This guy's going to play 30. Whoa. You know, we've got this guy projected at 5% ownership and he's going to be playing 30 minutes. And so while oftentimes we think we have to just do something incredibly, you know, I don't want to say stupid, but find this diamond in the rough. A lot of times the guy's right in front of you, right under your nose that no one's playing, but it's still going to get the minutes. And I think that guy on Denver is Jeremy Grant. Uh, You know, we've got him projected around 6% right now on FanDuel. And listen, those projections could be a little off, but I I think it'll be close. And I think that's a little bit too low. I mean, I think for a guy for – his production, the amount of minutes he's going to be playing, uh, I'm willing to take a shot. So I'm well over the field on, on Jeremy Grant as well uh, in this spot. And so that, that's that's kind of the guy that I think is just kind of right under people's noses, but no one's playing because of the other value, With, which essentially, you know, on FanDuel, when you're looking at ownership, ownership and salary, Jeremy Grant and uh, Clarkson are about the same price, just at different positions. But, you know, you can play Jeremy Grant – and, 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 and you maybe maybe play two uh, expensive guards at, at shooting guard. And now you've kind of got a totally different build than what the field is doing. So that's just kind of, you know, an idea. Uh, I'm not saying Jeremy Grant is better than Clarks in this spot straight up, but I, I definitely think it's viable to to try to get a little bit more creative in your lineup construction when you know Clarkson is going to be pushing 30% ownership.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, right there with you. Uh, one more guy that I want to talk about, Millsap. Over on FanDuel, he's going to be pretty chucky. Sitting there at 4.3K, um, projected for 37% ownership. Guys, by the way, if you haven't signed up for Roto premium content, just, just do it. Like, literally, there's everything that you need to look at in one condensed space. Baseball, basketball, like, you can just hop into lineup HQ. You can create all your lineups in a matter of minutes. We have projections all over the place. Baseball, we have the bat. We have – Core 4, I think, is another one. Like We have a whole bunch of different projections out there. Or you can upload your own projections and keep our percentage-owned projections, all those stuff, right there in front of you. We have everything players' props, so get signed up for that. But MILSAP going to be probably 30% owned over on FanDuel. Slightly more expensive over on DK. Doesn't work as easily. Going to be 11.8%, it looks like, is what we have not projected for. Over on DK, Millsap, obviously a guy past his prime, but still occasionally throws up these giant gems. Like, since he's been in the bubble, hasn't had a game over 30 yet, but prior to the bubble, throughout the course of the year, he'll throw up these occasional 40-point games in only 20 minutes. They're probably going to run a more condensed rotation, as I've already said, like Randall gets him run, but there's a lot of different ways that they get up doing this. I mean, we've even seen them throw out a lineup at the beginning before the bubble even started with just a whole bunch of guys over six foot nine, which was Great to see you with Bull Bull in there. So are you going to be using Millsap on FanDuel, eating the chalk, or are you going to use him over on DK, try and gain a little leverage on the field, knowing that they're going to still kind of play him over on FanDuel and probably skip him over on DK?
2: Well, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Grant. I think that's a great point. Um, you know, with, with uh, Millsap having massive ownership, I'm, I'm just hitting the X button. Uh, Millsap will not be in any of my lineups. And, I mean, to me, that's even more of an incentive to play Jeremy Grant. I am in no way saying that Millsap is a bad play. So let, let's get out of the way. Just because I'm fading someone, that doesn't mean I don't think they're a, a good play. It does mean, though, that I think I could win a tournament without them. So hopefully that makes sense. You know, with that type of ownership, he's 4,300. Generally speaking, Millsap hasn't been passing 25 minutes. And Jeremy Grant has been 30 to 35 minutes. I, and, and Jeremy Grant has way less ownership than Millsap. To me, that's a discrepancy. I mean, that's a huge discrepancy when the guys are pretty much playing the same position, uh, which is another reason why I'm just – I'm well over the field on Jeremy Grant. Uh, Fading Millsap completely. Not that I don't like him, but I don't think he's necessary.
1: Yeah, and I, I yeah I I like what you said there. Like, and the main thing, too, is when you get guys that are inconsistent, like, it's not like Millsap just puts up 20 or 30 points every single game. It used to be like that back when he was at Atlanta. Guy used to just consistently put up 35 to 40 points every single game. Completely different guy in Denver. Um, So, yeah, I like playing a guy that's essentially playing the same position, has the same upside, same downside, way lower ownership at about the same price. It's always better to go with a guy in tournaments that is at way, way lower ownership. But let's move on to the Toronto game here. we got Toronto going up against Brooklyn. Toronto's a 10-point favorite, 222 team uh, over-under in this game, and we look at, there's some huge chalk in this game. We got Lowry sitting there at 7.3K over on FanDuel, and I think he's 79 over on DK. Going to be pretty shocking. Joe Harris, Levert, Van Vliet, Siakam, OG, just because of his 3.5K price tag, another Clarkson-like scenario. There's going to be a lot of chalk in this game, so let's just start off with Toronto over on FanDuel. Are you eating Lowry chalk?
2: Uh, just by, you know, the nature of the slate, definitely going to be eating Lowry chalk. I will be under the field, uh, slightly, but my reason, remember I'm locking in Jamal Murray. So I can't completely eat the chalk. I will be under the field. We've got a projected at 62%. Uh, I think that's pretty close. I mean, to what it's going to be. But if you look at the fan duel point guard pool, relatively weak today, uh, so Lowry essentially has to be high-owned. Um, so I, I like it here. I, I will go ahead and, and say this right now. Um, you know, we kind of talked about a hot take. Uh, I'm, I'm fully fading everyone on Brooklyn today. I, I won't have a single Brooklyn net in my lineup. So uh, with that being said, I, I'm going to have plenty of Lowry, plenty of Van Vliet. Um, I'm not going to have as much Siakam uh, as, as the field, I don't think I'm probably going to be, you know, slightly under the field on him. Um, and then I'm, I'm not, I'm not playing Serge Ibaka today, but and I, it's not like, I don't think they're good plays. I think they're fine. Uh, but on a four game slate, I'm, I'm all about taking stands, uh, and trying to look at, you know, outcomes relative to pricing. And so when I look at a guy like Ibaka, um, I, I just feel like I can get similar production from Royce O'Neal to be quite honest with you, or Jeremy Grant, you know, especially if this game. Um, I, I don't necessarily think they're going to blow this team out by 20. I'm not trying to predict the blowout, but Toronto is by far a more superior team all around in terms of bench play, starters, and so I think this is a game where Toronto can control it. And you know, your Brooklyn guys, you know, may and a lot of them are cheap outside of Lavert, uh, but but even some of the cheaper guys may not quite get where you need them to be to take down the tournament. So. Uh, loading up on Lowry just like the field, you know, and it's unavoidable on FanDuel. Even on DK at 7,900, I still I still think the Lowry play uh, is viable. On DK, though, OG at 3,500, I think he's a lock and load. I don't think – not lock button, but I think you definitely want to get some good exposure to him. We got him projected at 25%. Uh, I think that's pretty fair. And uh, Van Vliet, of course, at 6,800, definitely in play. You know, no question about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I really, really like Van Vliet on both sides. I really, really like OG over on DK here. And, yeah, what are your thoughts on Marcus Gasol? Like, obviously, since the bubble started, you have Surge. Like, Gasol really hasn't been pushed too much. I don't think he's played over 25 minutes the entire time of the bubble. Whereas a lot of times early in the season, they were just playing their stars for massive amounts. clearly helps that they're healthy and they don't really need to as much. But now it's playoffs. Brooklyn struggles against bigs like Gasol sitting there, 4.3K over on DK, 4.9 over on FanDuel, which obviously you can't use more than one center. Like, any interest in taking some flyers on Gasol?
2: Yeah, on on DK, man, I mean, at 4,300, I I definitely think you take a chance. Um, You know, FanDuel is a slightly different bill for me, Um, you know, and so – I feel like FanDuel is built for you to take more stands on DraftKings, where you have so much multi-positional eligibility. Uh, I think you know, I think you know, locking guys in, or, or as many guys as I typically lock in, may not be as advantageous because you're kind of taking away some of some of your uh, some of your positional flexibility. But on DK, I know Gasol's only a center. But 4,300, man, against Brooklyn, Uh, you know, if he gets 28 minutes, if he happens to run into 28 minutes this game, uh, he could pay a huge dividend. So I really like the saw Norman Powell at 4,500, like him a lot more on DK as well. Um, You know, so those are guys I think he can play. I'm not really that interested in some of the friends guys, you know, like Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas, Chris Boucher. I think, you know, they're going to pretty much have a seven, eight man rotation at the most. And if you look anyway, Lowry's already been playing well over 35 minutes. Van Vliet, OG, you know these guys have a pretty stable stable rotation. So I'm sticking kind of with the main guys. And if any of these other French players beat me, they just have to beat me today.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like that decision. But yeah, so you're full on fading Brooklyn. Like,
2: tell me I'm fading on Levert.
1: Brooklyn. Like, I understand Joe Harris. Like he's going to come in a little bit too chalky. He can have – Absolutely put up a dud, he can absolutely destroy you. Like, based on ownership, I'm entirely fine with throwing him off the board there. But LaVert, the way a lot of lineup construction goes out, what he's been doing so far in the bubble, what he was doing prior to the bubble, like he's gonna kill you if he gets in the low 30s, mid-30s. But he's taking so many shots every single game he's playing. Like, I can't imagine first game of the playoffs, he's not gonna go out there and put up the shoot the ball 25-plus times. Like, he's going to play high 30s minutes, mid-30s minutes. He's going to be out there. He's going to be chucking. Like, I understand fading every other Brooklyn player, but Lavert just seems so tough to do. So, like, how – like, do you think this game is going to be a moderate blowout? Like, I, I'm just trying to figure out how, how I can fade him because I know you're a very smart guy, smarter than I am probably <laughs> – definitely smarter than no, I am in man. basketball.
2: But listen. I just—it's just a stand I'm taking, right? So you know we've got Levert; he's projected at thirty-five percent. We've got Jamal Murray, and this is DK. Now I'm strictly talking DK. So let, let me let me get that out of yeah. the way. I'll get the fan duel in a second. I'm talking DK. Karis Levert is thirty-five percent. It's definitely warranted, right? Like I don't think I don't think it's an epic fail if you play Karis Levert, right? But we've got Jamal Murray at eighteen percent at six thousand five hundred. Donovan Mitchell at 21% at 8K with no Mike Conley. Just slightly more than Lavert. Obviously, Lavert has the usage, has the fantasy points per minute. But, you know, it's my gut feeling, and this is one of the things where I'm just rolling off of conviction that Toronto controls this game and that Lavert isn't able to ha- have an upside game. Even if Lavert gets 38 to 39 fantasy points, I can still win a GPP with no Lavert today and that's kind of the stance i'm taking i feel like he's maybe capped around 40 if he gets 45 then maybe okay you know but other than that that's just a stance i, I know i would never tell anyone uh personally like if you're saying hey is levert okay obviously for sure like levert's fine if you want to play him me per- but just for me and my build today i'm fading every brooklyn that Um, That way I can really increase my exposure on other guys like Michael Porter Jr. at 7,100, who we got at 13%, who, in my opinion, pretty much has the same upside, but he's getting, you know, 20% less ownership. So I can really bump up my shares on him. Um, You know, Pascal at 75, uh, Lowry at 79, is at 20. I can bump up my ownership on him on DK without playing a Levert. So, those, those are the things I'm talking about when I'm talking about taking stands. And now we're getting into strategy. Just by fading one guy in Laverte and not taking 30%, I can give you up that 30%. Maybe I can get six or 7% more of Michael Porter, six to 7% more of Lowry, six or 7% more of Pascal. And so now when the field's at 20% on Lowry, I might be at 30. And if, if Lowry has an upside game, he hits 50 fantasy points and Laverte hits 35. Well, I've just lapped the field yet again by not playing Levert and increasing my shares on other players with equal upside. So that's just that's just my stance on it from a game theory perspective. Uh, I'm in no way telling anyone to fade Levert. I'm fading Levert to get more leverage with other players.
1: All right. Well, you got me sold. You absolutely got me sold. That's that's why I asked the question. Um, but, yeah, anything else from Brooklyn or Toronto here that we might have gone over, like the like Jared Allen, TLC, like like you're full on fading. Like, is there any validity playing any of these
2: guys or should we just move on? I mean, like I said, I I think they're fine because especially Brooklyn isn't expensive, right? So if you look on DK, even on Fanduel, these guys aren't really expensive. I mean, Joe Harris, 47, Temple, 44, Karuk's 38, you know, TLC, 4K. Like, none of these guys are really expensive. Chris Tio's at 3,200. Like, no one's breaking the bank, right? But, you know, I'm I'm just choosing to to go in a different direction. And I think we'll see a little bit of that as we get to the next game.
1: All right. Well, let's move on to the next game here. we got Philly going up against Boston. There is a 118.5 total on this game here. Boston, six-point favorite. Let's start off with the Philly side here. Um, Embiid, not that cheap, but – He's going to take up all the usage going up against Boston. Not the best matchup in the world, not the worst matchup in the world, but Embiid's going to do Embiid things here. Sitting at 10.2K over on DK. Sitting at, what is it, 8.5 over on Fanduel, which is just – why, why do you do this to us, Fandle? Like, why, why, why? like are you locking in him over on Fanduel, Or I think you're not because you've got something you want to do in the later game. What are you doing with Embiid on both sides?
2: Yeah, so I mean, on, on FanDuel, I, I'm, I'm not at a lot status, but uh, I'm, I'm I should come in, you know, slightly over the field if if the projections hold true. Should be slightly over the field. I've got more Jokic than Embiid as it stands, but there's literally a difference of two percent. So I should be o- over the field on DK. I think I think on DK, this is the perfect spot to play Embiid. Uh, because you know he's going to come in at at lower ownership as well. Here's one of my favorite plays on the day on DK, and that's Tobias Harris at 7,800. And so remember when I'm talking about Karis LeVert and I'm talking about that 34% that he's soaking up, even though it's at a different position. um, Tobias Harris is at 7,800 and what I feel like should be a semi-competitive game, a guy that we know is going to play 35 minutes, no Ben Simmons, so he has a little bit more upside now, and we saw a little bit of that upside. Uh, as Ben Simmons exited, he was able to put up over 40 fantasy points I think that we're going to see something similar here if, they, if these guys want to stay competitive Harris and Embiid, along with Horford are going to have to carry this team so I, I'm heavily invested in Tobias Harris 11.8% on DK that's really low for a guy that probably has the most stable minutes on the Philadelphia 76ers he could legitimately go out and play 38 39 minutes today and if this game is close I gotta assume He's a big reason why. So uh, Tobias Harris, one of my favorite plays on the day. I think he's 7,100 on FanDuel. Uh, I wasn't quite able to get as much of him on FanDuel because I lock button uh, a guy as far forward. So I couldn't quite get the ownership, but that's okay uh, because I lock button the guy. So I, I'm perfectly fine with that. Uh, obviously, I think one of the better plays on this team in terms of value is Alec Burks. We got him projected at uh, 1% on DK. I I don't think that's right. But if that is right, you need to be hammering the Alex Burks button right now. Like, if he's 1%, he's pretty much their de facto six man right now. And if you look at what he's done, even in his games in 23 minutes, like this game against Portland, uh, took 14 shots, 30 fantasy points. 22 minutes against Houston, took 11 shots, 35 fantasy points. Uh, This is what you expect from a six man, you know, like a Lou Williams, like a Dennis Schroeder, a guy that's going to come off the bench, and play minutes, play 25 you know, or, or mid-20s minutes, and you expect them to have most of the usage, take most of the shots. If Lou Williams was 3,900 today, we'd be almost hitting the lock button. If Dennis Schroeder was 3,900, we'd almost be hitting the lock button. Alec Burks is pretty much in the same role as these guys. I don't see why we have him at 1% ownership. Love Alec Burks today, one of my favorite values across both sites. I'll have plenty of them. I
1: like what you are saying. Yeah, no, I'm in full agreement with Burks here. Like, there's no way that that ownership is going to be true. Like, uh, uh, like occasionally some things are off. I'm sure it'll get updated prior to lock here. But 1% ownership for Burks, 3.9K on both sides. have been putting up over 30 points a game, getting the minutes, getting the usage. They need him now considering that Simmons out. And there's just guys that need to create some shots and there's guys that need to – do some stuff on the offensive end here, and Burks is absolutely going to do it. Really like that play here, even if he is 15% owned. I still don't think it's the worst idea in the world to play him just because of his price tag. Helps make things work. What about other guys like Shake Melton, Richardson, Horford? I'm just going to say no to Horford regardless of what you say. Um, but, yeah, Shake Milton, <laughs> Richardson. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm done. Like I, There's certain guys that I swear off, and I know that I shouldn't but every single time i've played him recently it's just i mean it makes more sense over on fanduel 5.3k but exactly no way yeah. I can play 7.2k for horford on this slate with so many guys in the 7k range that are fantastic
2: yeah well let me say this uh Le- i'm not fading Levert to spread it out to al horford at 7.2k on dk uh never uh horford would get the x button for me on dk on fanduel listen horford's 5300 Please get some shares. He's fifty three hundred on FanDuel. Crazy pricing discrepancy there, uh, which everyone seems to be priced down on FanDuel today for whatever reason. But yeah, Al Horford is a fade. I don't mind Shake Milton on DK. I, I, I really don't. At fifty one hundred, uh, if this game is competitive and Shake Milton's getting twenty eight minutes, I'm not saying he's going to put up forty fantasy points, but I think the price is fair enough and, and compared to the ownership. Let me say that we've got Shake projected for under one percent. I don't completely think that's right either, but uh, you know that. But that suggests that you know owner sentiment is not going to be with him today. So even if Shake is at two percent, if you've got ten percent, you know I I think you're that's enough compared to what we've got projected here. And if he has an upside gain, you're ready to go. Now, a FanDuel, I'm not playing any Shake Milton. I think you stick with those three studs, but. Uh, on DK at 5,100, I don't mind a few shares of Shake Milton. Just don't want to go crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, what about over on the Boston side here? We obviously got Tatum's in there at 8.5K, not going to come in a ton of ownership. Like, any one of these guys can end up getting it done here. Brown, Tatum, Hayward, Kemba. Like, which one of the main guys are you targeting most in this game, or are you just not using many Boston guys?
2: Well, this is a gut play, okay? Strictly a gut play. There are some numbers to support what we're talking about, but this is all gut feel, okay? So here's the deal, and I talked about this on the podcast. I do want to reiterate it again. You've got a guy in Kimball Walker that's been just itching to get into the playoffs and play competitive basketball. We got notification, I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before, there is no longer a minutes limit for Kimball Walker. And we've got Kimber Walker at 6K on FanDuel, 6,900 on DK. Uh, if you look at the usage on the season, fantasy point production on the season, the only person that has a higher usage rate and a little bit higher fantasy production is, of course, going to be 8.5K Jason Tatum. Please go look this up on Court IQ. If you look it up, you'll see there isn't much of a dip in uh, usage or fantasy point production, but there's almost a $2,000 gap in pricing Uh, Jalen Brown is more than Kimball Walker right now. Gordon Hayward is more than Kimball Walker. I I don't think that's, that's appropriate for the minutes increase. So Kimball Walker at 6,900, we got to project that 20. I think that's fair. I I try to go over the field a little bit on that. I think this is a spot where Kimball Walker could have a massive game. Like I said, just wanting to be in the playoffs, wanting to play competitive basketball. One of my favorite plays of the day, uh, uh, Kimball Walker
1: really like that call right there with you, like, obviously. And I think his ownership is going to come in lower than it actually shows. Yes, I get he's off a of minutes restriction. But in the bubble, has been playing great basketball. Like, hasn't been playing terrible. But people are going to look at what he's done so far in the bubble and, like, just hasn't put up the numbers that we expect from him. But the price tag is too good on here. I really like that play. What about any of the ancillary guys? And, by the way, everyone in chat, we'll get to questions Purposely playing things out so that we have a few minutes for questions. But anyone else on ancillary pieces on Boston that you want, or are you ready to move on to the next game?
2: Uh, I think we can move on to the next game. I feel I feel okay because I don't really see a need to uh, to really load up on them. Like, look, I know Enos Cancer is cheap. Uh, I would say a sprinkle. Like if you're you know if you're running one hundred fifty lineups, one hundred lineups, seventy five lineups, whatever. Maybe a sprinkle, but I wouldn't get out of control. i try to limit my Enos Can exposure no more than 5%. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's kind of – that's pretty much where we are. But the, and the, Oh, let me give this out real quick. Sorry about that because I talked about the Kimba Walker difference. Just in case anyone didn't look it up on, on Court IQ, Jason Tatum, 28.7% usage rate, 1.18 fantasy points per minute on the season. Kimba Walker, 27.5% usage rate, 1.10 – uh, fantasy points per minute really not that much of a difference for a two thousand dollar price gap uh love Kimber walker today just wanted to reiterate that yet again
1: all right let's move on to the last game of the night we got dallas going up against the clippers fyi i think dallas wins this game i'm betting them plus six i've got oh, some money on it hmm? i took that as well you must have looked at my expert
2: survey i took dallas plus six for sure
1: I did not look at your expert survey. I didn't listen to the morning grind. Guys, listen to the morning grind every morning. Will was on this morning. I was on baseball this morning. What are the yes. odds? And now we're both here together, both working late into the night last night and up here in the morning. But this game, six points, decent total of 129 or 229, rather. And big question is, like, Harold has not played, but he's back. He's active. Zubak has played really well this mm-hmm. playoffs. Put up some big games. His minutes are probably going to take a hit, but I actually don't know how much they're going to take it. They're going to need some size going up against Porzingis. I think Harold matches up a little bit better against Porzingis. Zubak coming in at 5% ownership over on DK. Harrell coming in at 1%, 2% ownership on both sides here. So what are your interest level in these two centers on either of the sites or are you just full-on faded?
2: Well, in terms of Zubac, I, uh, I'm i not playing a whole bunch of Zubac. At 4.1, I like the price, but I'm really not playing a whole bunch of Zubac. Uh, Chris Stapps, uh, well, and I guess you talked about hero. I'm not playing any hero, G- zero hero. Chris Stapps, uh, trying to go well over the field. You're looking at his, his ownership projection on DK, projected at around 18%. He's another one of those mid-range guys that I don't, I feel like should maybe be higher owned than Levert. So, you know, I try to spread a little bit of that ownership to him as well. Uh, really like Chris Stapps, 8,300. Uh, the Clippers have, have struggled with uh, – they've struggled with centers most of the year. I, I think this is a really good spot for Chris Stapps uh, to get going here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you. I think – I might lock button for Zingus, Like, I do it actually fairly often. Like Porzingis is one of my favorite guys to play. I don't think he draws enough ownership. People always tend to go towards Luka. So the nights where Kristaps ends up going off, like Luka, sometimes they both go off, but Luka will generally end up doing a little worse. Luka's coming in at 35% ownership on both sides here. He can absolutely go for a massive game. Luka has the highest ceiling on the entire slate easily, but I think Porzingis is the better guy to go with. You're getting several grand in savings here. Like I love Porzingis. Porzingis, I think, might be my only lock button on the day in this game here. I think it's a great spot for him, and I think that he's just going to be chucking out these the playoffs here. Um, over on the other side, like, what are you doing with Kawhi? What are you doing with any of the ancillary pieces? What are you doing with the Hardaway? Like, we'll make sure we get through all this before we actually get to QQs. Like, Paul George is coming in at thirty two percent ownership to me. It's fine. It's not something I really want to do. It's not something I don't want to do. Uh, what are you doing with the Stars here on the Clippers?
2: Well, I think that's a good good question, Grant. And I think, you know, when, when you look at teams like this, like Dallas, like the Clippers, most of their production comes from the Stars. I mean, you know, you'll get these occasional upside games from Zubat. Um, you know, you'll get the occasional upside game from, you know, uh, Patrick Beverly overall but most of this production is going to come from Paul George It's going to come from Kawhi. Uh, and then, you know, if, if Beverly and, and uh, you know, a couple of these other guys sit a uh, sham it, then, you know, you'll end up with, with Lou Williams at six K I think you maybe throw him in just, just, just in case he has an upside game as well. But I, I think it's okay to, to play Paul George at 8,100. I know the ownership is up there uh, you know, and I'm not saying you have to completely match the field, but he's definitely got the upside along with Kawhi. Uh, so I, I, I like I like both of these guys here. Some of these other pieces, like I said, I, I would just get sprinkles. Uh, and then Lou Williams, you know, if if, if the news breaks our way, I think he could be a really, really, really good play. And I feel the exact same way about Dallas. Most of the production is coming from Chris Stapps and Luka. And I just think, you know, that's where you kind of focus your energy. Tim Hardaway at 57, don't hate it. But I don't think he's necessary. So, you know, if you end up with some Tim Hardaway, great. You know, if, if you want to hit the X button, I'm all for that, too, because I don't feel like these guys are necessary to uh, to take down the GPP. But these main guys, Luca, Porzingis, uh, PG, Kawhi, I definitely think you want to get your exposure because most of the production comes from that core group.
1: Son of a bitch, got muted. Yep, it happens sometimes. Dog, dog. normally I have the dog outside, but he's sitting right next to me, and he's making weird noises this entire time. And so it's striking. But uh, Lou Will is one of my favorite guys on this entire slate. Um, 9.8% ownership. Like, we know the rotations. We know what can happen. Like, this is playoff basketball. Things are a little bit more predictable. And Lou Will is absolutely a guy that can go for – 55, 60 points in any given game. Like he can get in there, he can just absolutely crush. I love him. You know what? I'm lock button him here on this slate. I, I honestly think that he could go off for a massive game and this ownership just doesn't make sense to me. Uh so that's that's my two stands, I think, is Lou Will and Porzingis on the slate, both the late game. So at least I won't know I'm destroyed until the last game of the night so I can at least enjoy most of my day. Uh, but, guys, go ahead and start dropping those QQs uh, in the chat here, and we'll get to them. we got about seven minutes left. Um,
2: Let me plug this in, Grant, because you're waiting to the end of the night. Let me just tell the listeners, my day will be over before it gets started. This utah Denver game does not play out how I anticipate. Every lock button I have is from that game, ironically, and I didn't start out that way. It wasn't planned. It's just how it broke out uh this Utah Denver game uh, does not go well then i'll just kindly close my computer and get up in the morning and hit the refresh button
1: yeah been there before and the nice part is it's early enough in the day like you got plenty of time the rest of the day to do whatever you want you can get some cleaning done you can you can go grocery shopping maybe stop by bath and beyond who knows maybe get a little while there i did. you can hang out on amazon i spent I've spent six, seven hours just looking through stuff on Amazon. I've gotten 40 packages in the last week, pretty much. And I've got like six more. I, all those things that I need during quarantine that I just kind of held out on, went and got them. Um, but let's get to the QQs here. Um Van Vliet, a good play right now, or should I stick with Kemba? Both of them are great plays. I think we're on the same. I'm assuming
2: stage. we're asking on on DK. That's going to be my assumption because I think the prices are a lot more similar at pretty much at the same position. Uh, I like them both. For me, I'm going to roll with Kimba in this spot. Uh, like I said, that's just a conviction play. I think they're both good. I- I'm going to roll with Kimba here.
1: Um. All right. Let's see. What, where did that question go? I'm all over the place. Zubac, Gasol, or best utility, 4,400 and under on DK
2: Um. If you don't have Alec Burks, I prefer Burks. Uh, if it's got to be a center, I it's think i actually – no, no, no. But I'm saying if it's got to be between Zubach or Gasol, uh, I would, I would, I would side with probably Gasol in this spot against Brooklyn.
1: All right, Royce or Grant on Fanduel GPP.
2: Uh, see, both are viable. I- I'm actually going to roll with Royce. I think Royce plays more minutes than Grant, um, and they both got similar upside. Let's let's go, Royce.
1: All right, cash game lineup forwards for Fanduel.
2: Royce. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., Porzingis. Let's start there.
1: All right. Give them three. Good call. Uh, QQ, Van Vliet, Murray, or Walker? It doesn't give a site. It doesn't give GPP. Um, but uh, I know I'm you going to assume like DK Murray.
2: yet again. I'm going to assume, please give me the site, guys. Uh, and I, I'm going to assume DK. Uh, I think I'm going to side with Murray between that group because of the price. I might need a few hundred to get somewhere else. Uh, so give me Murray in that spot.
1: All right, Van Vliet or Walker, DK, GPP? Kimba. All right. Um, okay to play Jokic, Murray, and MPJ in cash or just Murray, MPJ, and play Porzingis? I,
2: I think it's fine to play them all. However, I do like Porzingis more than Joker. So if you can do that, I prefer Porzingis. Morgan will start
1: for Mike Conley on Monday.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah. I not that that doesn't mean anything to me. Not touching Morgan with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. That just to wow. me that to me that means more Donovan Mitchell in the starting lineup, more Clarkson off the bench. That that's all that means to me. So I like it.
1: Favorite fan duel plays?
2: Um Murray. Um Mitchell, MPJ.
1: All right, uh Harris or Siakam. Harrison Siakam or PG and MPJ?
2: Uh, I think I go PG and MPJ on that one. That's really close, though.
1: All right. Yeah, we're not using Morgan. Um, Ingles for DK GPP. I go yes.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Love Ingles today. Uh, one of my lock buttons on FanDuel. Here we go. Van,
1: Van Vleet and Lowry or Walker and Levert on FanDuel GPP?
2: Uh, I'm going to go Van Vliet and Lowry. I'm not playing Levert. So you have to take that into consideration. I'm not playing Levert. I I go Van Vliet, Lowry. All
1: right. Harris or Clarkson, better ceiling.
2: Harris or Clarkson? Yeah. Which Harris? Joe Harris, maybe? Uh, Yeah. If it's it's between Joe Harris and Clarkson, I'm still going to side with Clarkson here.
1: Yeah. Embiid and Horford same lineup. Fanduel GPP.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Um, Thoughts on Boston Philly game stack? Also, Horford only projected for twenty nine minutes.
2: Okay, on Fanduel, I don't mind as much Boston. I I I mind a little bit more Boston Philly because you got Embiid at eighty five, you got Horford at fifty three, you got Tobias at seventy one. You've got you know Brown and and Hayward in the low sixes. Kimba six K. I don't mind it there. On DK, I would not be trying to stack a Philly Boston game, but that's just me. All
1: right, Burks or Clarkson? DK?
2: Burks or Clarkson?
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, if it's tournaments, I'm, I'm going Burks for sure. Cash, I would go Clarkson.
1: All right, forward under 30 or 4,300 over on DK, not named Royce or OG. Mm,
2: 4,300. Not name Royce or OG. Oh, yeah, that's, boy. That's,
1: that's kind of tough here. Um,
2: yeah, that's a, give me see God. I can't even get him. I was gonna say, see if you can find the extra three hundred and get the Jeremy Grant. That would be my recommendation.
1: Agreed. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough. Like you might have to do a little bit of a rebuild there. Um, Dozer, Dozer or Chiosa.
2: Uh, neither. If I had to if, – if you're asking, absolutely asking me, it would be Chioza. I would try to not play either one of those guys.
1: All right. Would you play Jokic, Jokic and Embiid on – or stuff in some of those mid-tier guards on DK?
2: I don't mind Jokic and Embiid. Uh, I think that's going to give you – Which one do you prefer? Uh, Jokic at the moment. All I, right. I prefer Jokic straight up no matter what today.
1: All right. Well, we got to get out of here, guys. Um, so, one last question before we do. See, Jakum or Toby?
2: Tobias Harris. All
1: right, guys, it's been fun. We got crunch time afterwards with Meansy and Tuttle, so stand rough. So stay tuned for that. It's been fun, guys. It's playoff time. Gosh, I love life right now. Great to see you, Will. We're out of here.
2: See you, kids. <laughs>